Yeah, but if I see one more chef's interpretation of what a sandwich should be or which way a ravioli should be facing, I think I'm going to absolutely just pull my hair out. Uh, if we wanted your opinion, you'd have a book and I would have already bought it. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. The summer series continues on Deep in the Weeds, where we catch up with past guests to hear yarns from their travels and what we might be looking forward to this year in 2024. Today, we have Otis Dining's Damien Brabender in Canberra. Damien, how are you? Very well, mate. Yourself? I'm good. How's how's the year of 2023 played out for you? Uh, it's been an emotional roller coaster, I guess, like it has for everyone. But uh, now we're hearing that we may have a a summer, a summer COVID strain coming, but hopefully we can dodge all that. But uh, it's it's gone well, um, considering everything that's happening, considering the cost of living crunch that everyone's going through at the moment. We've still got such a good customer base who know how to eat and drink properly. Some of them a little more than others as well. So it's it's been good. It's been good. Summer's pretty warm in the nation's capital. What what do you love about summer in the Canberra region? And is there any ingredients that stick out for you? Summer in Canberra is one of the most understated summers in the country because we don't have the we don't have the ocean right here. We don't have beaches, obviously. Um, but the one thing that I love about Canberra when it comes to seasons and seasonality is you can look out the window in the morning and you know what season it is. It can be summer, winter, autumn, spring, cricket season. Uh, you know what it is. Like you, you can tell what's going on, um, and you know you, you leave the house. Maybe it's a little bit earlier in the morning, and you you think about taking a jacket, and you go, it could be forty degrees by the other day. Don't you? Don't be stupid. So, um, but with produce wise, I mean, at the moment, uh, berries berries are just amazing. So are stone fruits. Um, I was talking about the other day, but. Berries for me are absolutely the, uh, for a bad pun, the pick of the bunch for sure, mate. So uh, blackberries at the moment, we're, we're really heroing on, on, on blackberries. Uh, the, the tartiness you get from them when they're at their peak goes so well with, with fatty local duck breasts that we're using. Um, it's just, it's kind of that play on the classic French, you know, raspberries with duck, but um, we're, we're really just um, using some oxalis, which is quite florally as well, some bull's blood leaf, which has kind of got that earthy beetroot tone, some some very finely ground uh, four different peppercorn mix with the berries, just very quickly washed in some vinegar, and then uh, with that ultra-slow cooked duck breast as well with a touch of honey and a little bit of garum for some seasoning. So berries kind of shine through against most, most other ingredients, um, but they also bring out different notes in other things that you wouldn't normally find there. Like to, to not get the sweetness out of duck, I think is a bit of a shame. So blackberries is, is the way forward. Traveling has been a, a bit, a bit of a hassle in the last couple of years, but do you have, do you have any sort of travel food stories that have sort of had an impact on you and your approach to what you do? Um, well, when it comes to summer, I know this is one story in particular, which for me is, is actually kind of changed the trajectory of everything in my life and it was particularly funny um, kind of outcome and a series of events but it's not actually an Australian summer story but it's actually an English one. Um, So I was just moved over to England and I was working at Lord's Cricket Ground. Um, I was hired there to be just a sous chef in one of the one of the main areas Uh, and it's, I was 
quite a funny story. So that the the executive sous chef, he was running the long room there. Um, his wife had an accident. That's not the funny part of the story, by the way. So we can edit that around so I don't look like a psychopath. Um, so then he he couldn't actually get to work because he had to be with his family, which was quite unfortunate. Um, but then I was kind of bumped up into that role very last minute and ended up cooking for the royal family that day who were ringing the bell to start the, the first day of the test match, um, Queen Elizabeth. And from there, that actually ended up transpiring to me taking the role of executive chef there at, at the Royal Opera House in Covent Garden. Um, but the funniest part of the story was just before we got flogged in that test match we never, ever mention again, um, the executive chef and the GM, Peter Dawes Smith, who's in charge of the MCC, a very, very big name in, in European hospitality, he uh, popped in there and he'd gotten to know me over the, over the few days before. And he decided to uh, invite me to go for a special walk where he took me out to in front of the, uh, the Barmy Army and put me on what they call a BAP station, which is their version of a hot dog station, except for it's roasted carved meats on, on, on uh, floured buns. And he just yelled out, Oi, lads, this little fellow's uh, he's Aussie, just give it to him. And he just looked at me, winked and said, have fun with that, chef, and just walked off. So, he, but he ended up taking me out for uh, taking me out for what can be described as uh, about fifty pints not out after that. So it was all, that was all right. But uh, absolutely hilarious just to, to see that banter and just to see how other other cultures uh, celebrate their summer as well. So we wouldn't think about eating a roast beef roll on a summer's day, but I think England's still only forty percent of the way to get into summer anyway. So. <laughs> That's an amazing story. Um, you, you mentioned that uh, there was a few sort of hurdles on along the way of 2023, but it was a pretty good year. What, what are you sort of plan? What are your plans for the year ahead? Uh, the year ahead, I'm actually for the first time in a few years. The year ahead is something that's extremely exciting. I'm back in the kitchen full time. I I was took a little bit of time out because I had some knee replacement stuff happening, and um, obviously because I'm such a such a bloody athlete, uh, and so I had a couple of a uh, couple of knee health issue things, but they're all taken care of. So now I'm back in the kitchen 100% full time, which I'm very very pumped about. Um, but the the trajectory for Otis, what we're looking at, we were going further and further and further upwards. Um, we're looking at bringing back that true essence of, of hospitality, but without losing our um, our kind of Australian roots, if that makes sense, but still getting into that European fair. I call it Bogan Bistro, but um, obviously we don't, we don't market it like that. Wouldn't get anyone in. Um, so that's going to be fantastic in the way that we can kind of, you know, just I can be more hands-on as well, which is my main passion, um, and not get kicked out of the kitchen for, for taking over will be nice for a change. So if I'm meant to be there, it's all right. But uh, in January, um, and I haven't actually told many people this yet or advertised it yet, starting the year off uh, massively, I've actually been invited over to uh, to Napa Valley in California uh, to be one of the international chef guests of the American uh, Napa Valley Truffle Festival, which runs for a week over there. So, yeah, I'll be flying over, flying over just before the new year and doing a bit of a, uh, a bit of a kitchen takeover there in a, in a two Michelin star restaurant with, um, and just, yeah, just showing, Australia, showing, uh, showing America that uh, Australians know how to cook as well. So That's extraordinary. Um, what are you loving about food in Australia at the moment and what would you like to see sort of emerge in the next sort of coming years? One thing that um, 
I'm absolutely loving to see in our industry particular is just chef-owned small businesses finding their way. I mean, the, the whole substance over the glitz and glamour seems to be making its way back now and um, classic trained chefs and classic dishes. Uh, you know, I'm so happy that chefs have stopped, you know, their attempts of deconstructing food and attempt to hide the fact that classic dishes take a high level of respect and discipline. Because I remember a few years back, we got to the stage where eating out was like going to going to IKEA and everything's flat packed and you've got to put it back together yourself with an Allen key or something. But it's good that chefs are they're kind of getting back into it and and really putting themselves forward. I think that what's happened over the last few years has has kind of turbocharged the passion in in you know, a good percentage of chefs where they've gone, this is what we do and this is who we are. And if that didn't stop us, then we shouldn't be afraid of, of failing. So let's really get out there, get back into kitchens, cook food that we love to actually eat ourselves and stop trying to be artistic, you know. Like, yeah, if I see one more chef's interpretation of what a sandwich should be or which way a ravioli should be facing, I think I'm going to absolutely just pull my hair out uh, if we need if we wanted your opinion, you'd have a book and I would have already bought it. So um, it's it's kind of one of them things where we're seeing chefs now who are really, really finding their step. And there's so many, so many, particularly in Canberra, that are doing it and really getting recognized for it. Just, you know, that I hate saying brave cooking, but it's kind of just, I don't know, kind of proud cooking. People really, really showcasing what they like to eat themselves as well, not just what they think is going to look good on Instagram. Here, here. Well, I'm all for that, mate. And as always, it's an absolute pleasure and inspiring to catch up with you. Um, have a great year ahead and keep in touch. We'll catch up again soon. No worries. Thanks so much, guys, and keep doing what you're doing. Sharing these stories is always uh, it's always a, a, a highlight of highlight of a lot of people's weeks when they get to tune in and, and hear what other people are doing. So, this is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well. <laughs>